Hello everybody and this week on Coastal Voices I'll be speaking to Jay Peachy from uh, Wild Salmon Warrior Radio Also I'll be recapping what happened last week at the NCRC conference All this and more on Coastal Voices Thanks for tuning in Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Coastal Voices. You're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. We're also broadcasting online at cfuv.uvic.ca and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CFUV 101.9. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Coastal Voices. I, as usual, am Sasha Roulette, and uh, I'm here to report on the news of Indigenous folks around Canada. Uh, this week at CFUV, we're recovering and reflecting on the amazing NCRC conference that took place this past week. For those of you who weren't aware, that's, uh, the NCRC conference is the National C- Community Campus Radio Conference, and this year, CFUV was hosting it. And uh, for about a week, uh, broadcasters from across Canada came together in Victoria to participate in workshops and panels and uh, award ceremonies. So it was really great. CFEV, uh, Coastal Voices, rather, won an honorable mention and uh, for our programming, and uh, CFUV won an award for its programming, so uh, that was really great. It's always great to be acknowledged, and uh, a really wonderful part of this for me personally was being able to connect with other broadcasters who are speaking up about Indigenous issues and rights in Canada. And if you were tuned in to last week's show, you know that I had a very special guest named Gennadio Sullivan, who is a member of the Native Caucus for the NCRA, as well as the driving force behind the Resonating Reconciliation documentaries that brought uh, radio documentaries from 40 contributors across Canada. So if you're interested in hearing our interview, you can please access the Coastal Voices SoundCloud page from the CFUV SoundCloud. It's www.soundcloud.com forward slash CFUV. And uh, another wonderful person I had an opportunity to work with was Jay Peachy from Wild Salmon Warrior Radio at CGSF out of Vancouver. And uh, JPG is an advocate and an ally to Indigenous people, and he's continuing to investigate the issues surrounding salmon stocks in British Columbia and the relationship between the DFO and Indigenous communities in Canada. Uh, and last Tuesday, uh, last Tuesday morning, I was co-hosting Jay's show with him, and we simultaneously broadcast from both CJSF and uh, CFUV. 
So I thought it would be interesting uh, content to play as part of Coastal Voices. So without further ado, here's Wild Salmon Radio, Warrior Radio with JPG. Today we're going to talk about FIPA and how the Hoopa Kashat Nation have been going through the courts to challenge the uh, validity of the secret trade deal between the Canadian government and China. Chinese state enterprises have begun acquiring Canadian companies for resource extraction with the tar sands and LNG eyed for aggressive expansion, both of which are significant to wild salmon habitats. We'll be speaking with Brenda Sayers, a representative of the Hupakashat Nation, and uh, talking about the upcoming legal challenge next week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Wild Salmon Warrior Radio, a live broadcast from CFUV and broadcasting on CGSF 90.1 FM, Burnaby. Be right back. Wild Salmon Warrior Radio across the Salish Seas, the unceded Coast Salish Airwaves. Uh, Jay Peachy here on uh, the unceded territory of the Songhees, Esquimalt, and uh, a number of nations, um, the Sawat, Sakum, Slartip, and Pequotchin Nation. I apologize if I have pronounced that incorrectly. <laughs> it's uh, Sayot, Sartlip, and Paukachin. Pokachin and Wasanek as well, too. Is, uh, uh, but yes, valiant effort. <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> Thank Sasha you very much. Yes, I'm Sasha. I'm the host of Coastal Voices here at CFUV and very excited to be here with Jay Peachy uh, co-hosting this Wild Salmon Warrior Radio uh, simulcast, CJSF in Vancouver and CFUV in Victoria. So, uh, yeah, definitely love to... Um, Thank you for allowing us to uh, come in the studio here. It's quite an honor and privilege. Oh, no problem. It's so uh, interesting to experience the NCRC conference and all the awesome people that it's bringing into our uh, humble little studio. We're meeting a lot of great people and uh, making a lot of wonderful connections, and it's great to be on your show. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, such a beautiful studio, like um, yeah. right here in the middle of campus and the action. and uh, Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Right in the center of it all at UVic campus. And uh, it's a beautiful day for a conference. So, uh, well, let's uh, banter a little bit uh, okay. and your, your new role here at CFUV, uh, Indigenous News Director, and yeah. uh, also uh, your traditional territory. Maybe uh, have a bit of an intro. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm Clinket and Haida, and my traditional territory is in Haida Gwaii, but I've been a guest on this coast for 25 years, and uh, I've 
I live here with my partner, and I've been working as the Indigenous News Director at CFUV since about January, and uh, that's in part of a community gaming grant that we were blessed to have at CFUV to uh, invite new Indigenous programmers in and uh, create Indigenous content. So in part of that, I've been working on Resonating Reconciliation documentaries with January, and... um, working towards making content based on that and meeting a lot of wonderful artists and uh, community activists and people within the community doing good, good work. So it's been an interesting ride. I've um, learned so much already. And uh, my show, Coastal Voices, is every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. And I do community affairs. So much like what you do, I talk about uh, Indigenous politics and uh, politics of Indigenous economics and uh, uh, ecosystems and how um, choices that are being made in the government right now are affecting Indigenous folks. So... Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to, to, lot to carry. So uh, definitely, that's uh, that's amazing work. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show for those at CFUV who might not m- know what you're up to? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Wild Salmon Warrior News is um, a, ra- a way to travel through the different watersheds and explore the various um, salmon issues, whether they're uh, arts, cultural, political, and uh, as we know, there's a you know an industrial force right now. Um, you know carbon expansion and, and industrial so we travel and and do radio through radio and and interview different salmon warriors um mm-hmm. whether they're front lines or the legal um resistance and uh, there's there's a culture of creative resistance that's on the west coast here and so uh this is part research for me but uh, as well as uh, empowering voices uh, through radio mm-hmm. and um we uh you know, we do our best to cover uh, many issues and um, mm-hmm. try and give the grassroots uh, the voice. And how long has uh, Wild Salmon Radio been on air? Uh, we've been since uh, July last year, so it's almost a year. We're wow, a year coming congratulations. Up. That's exciting. Yeah, just like a fish, uh, you know, we're <laughs> going through a f- full spawning cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we're... Um, we try and follow that path of the fish. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're at uh, almost spawning a, a new year in... in uh, July, so we'd be kind of like a pink salmon, if, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, northern pink. So, um, yeah, so I'll just read a, a couple things in the Wild Time Warrior News, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll do the call with uh, Brenda Sayers. Uh, we'll have, probably have uh, Holly Arnton and Kevin Wright do some dialing music mm-hmm. as we uh, we call out. But uh, <laughs> a couple of notes: uh, last Friday, three activists in Burnaby chained themselves to a Chevron refinery to bring attention to Chevron's participation in the Apache Pacific Trails pipeline. Mm. Uh, they were um, locked for about 12 hours and then removed by um, by the police. Uh, their locks were cut and a trio were charged with mischief and a civil suits pending. So uh, Mia Nissen, Adam Gold, and Dan Wallace uh, um, were... Uh, uh, lauded for their heroic efforts and bring uh, bring attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in other news, the uh, Union of BC Indian Chiefs uh, created a wild salmon alliance, where approximately eighty nations uh, call on the government to implement the Cohen Commission. Uh, and for those of uh, the salmon warriors, know it's uh, a direct action against the the fish farms. And the, the Cohen Commission was a twenty six million dollar uh, federal inquiry. And there was a, a to-do list from uh, Justice Cohen that uh, essentially been abandoned and mm-hmm. uh, tossed under the bus. Uh, yeah, by the they've government. only uh, taken one of the recommendations of all of all the recommendations that were made. So it's good to see the 
union of uh, BC Indian chiefs standing up for uh, for the Cohen Commission and making sure that those voices are heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand Chief uh, Stuart Phillip, president of the UBCIC, quotes, Justice Cohen got it right when he prioritized the conservation and protection of wild salmon and placed this firmly as a top priority of DFO at the same time, concluding that fish farms along wild salmon migration routes have the potential for serious and irreversible harm to wild salmon. However, instead of implementing Cohen's recommendations, the reverse holds true. DFO is making the expansion of fish farm industry the priority at the risk and peril to wild salmon. And uh, obviously salmon are on the way to industrial expansion, whether it's uh, LNG, tar sands, mining, forestry, mm-hmm. you name it. They're the, they're the security force of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can read more on the UBCIC um, website and on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that'll, that'll take us to the next topic, uh, which is uh, FIPA. Um, and that is a trade agreement between uh, China and the Canadian government, and uh, which some are calling a, a secret trade deal between China and mm-hmm. um, the Harper government that has the potential to undermine uh, Canadian environmental standards, labor laws, and democratic rights. Uh, the trade agreement intended to open up Canada's resources to Chinese state enterprises for 31 years may expose Canadian taxpayers to financial pe- penalties if profit development and expectations aren't prevented and uh so that's an outside court mm-hmm. outside the visibility of canadian taxpayers so mm-hmm. the uh, the um the fear is that as if the chinese enterprises don't, don't uh, make their uh financial targets through creative resistance or uh, other forms that the uh, you know the, the canadian people will be at the hook so mm. that pits any activist as the enemy of the state uh Unquote. So, um, so today we'll be calling uh, Brenda Sayers of the, um, let me get the pronunci- pronunciation right, uh, Hoopachasset uh, First Nation, which awesome. is uh, kind of Great Central Lake, Port Alberni. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they prepare to have their appeal heard by a federal court in Vancouver next Tuesday, June 10th, last year the federal court ruled, uh, ruled against the legal court challenge, citing the Canadian Constitution Section 35 and their duty to consult. Um, and so, in essence, the indigenous um, uh, legal challenge has been supported by Canadian citizens as mm-hmm. they um, they lost the appeal. The um, they did a call out for more um, funds to for legal fees. So yeah. um, we'll we'll play a clip from their YouTube campaign collaboration sure. with Lead Now. Uh, we'll play about a minute on it on YouTube, and then we'll uh, give uh, Brenda Sayers a call. Um, on the air here. So. All right. Canada. We are one country. We don't always agree about how best to use our resources. But Canadians, all of us from First Nations to new immigrants, agree that it's the decision we should make ourselves. Now that freedom to choose is being threatened. Threatened by a deal negotiated in secret. The China-Canada Trade Treaty, known as FIPA. FIPA would give another country control over our resources, our labor laws, and how we protect our natural environment. A deal that we would be handcuffed to for 31 years. If it passes, China's companies could sue us for anything that puts our choices as Canadians ahead of their ability to make profits. Not only that, the lawsuits would be arbitrated by secret tribunals outside of our legal system. FIPA could be ratified at any time without input from Parliament, or from you. But one small courageous group of people 
the Hoopacheset First Nation have stepped forward for themselves, but also for all of us. We need your support. We can't do it alone. We need to move forward on this together. After 31 years without the ability to choose what is right for our country, for our children, and for our future, will Canada look the same? Will Canada still be Canada? All right, we're back on air here live. Uh, CFUV Victoria, uh, Jay Peachy with uh, Sasha Ouellette, and uh, we're on Wild Salmon Warrior Radio, and we're covering the, um, the FIPA resistance, uh, the legal challenge by the Hupachasat Nation, and uh, we have uh, Brenda Sayers on the line. Yeah. Are you there, Brenda? Yes, I am. Good morning. Great. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, uh, first thing, let's um, take uh, our listeners uh, geographically into your traditional territory and then um, get into uh, the the legal challenge that uh, your nation is leading. Okay, well, we're located in Port Alberni on Vancouver Island. It's uh, just south of Victoria and we're located on an inlet and we're a small nation of about 300 people. Great. So let's uh, talk about uh, FIPA, which is a, a Chinese... Uh, Kind of state enterprise, a Canadian government a trade agreement, and uh, why did you feel it was important for your nation to challenge this trade uh, trade deal? Well, when we looked at the the document um, back in about September 2012, we felt that there was nothing in the agreement that protected our First Nations rights and title, and we felt it was important to. Uh, present a challenge to the federal government because looking, you know, in 5, 10, 15 years down the road because FIPA has a 31-year lifespan, we thought it was necessary to, you know, speak for future generations looking at our own traditional territory and our resources that we have here, such as the the forest and, and the salmon and the water. And there was nothing in FIPA to protect our traditional territory, so we thought it was important to speak up. And uh, your nation has had a, um, a recent history of standing up against um, development through a, a TFL case, um, and uh, so that's a bit of a you know a, a warm up, I suppose, or, or just uh, you've already kind of gone through this process. How has that process um, with the TFL licensing helped you in terms of um, this particular case? Well, it's given us some history on, you know, uh, on our, our rights. Uh, we challenged the government under Section 35 of the Constitution, which was the failure to consult with our First Nations. And what happened in that particular case was that uh, the, the province removed a large um, section of our traditional territory that was under the tree forest license number 44 and sold it to a private uh, enterprise, I believe it was Weyerhaeuser or Timberlands at the time. And that removed any kind of um, rights that we would have had to protect the territory, whether they were, they were sac- sacred 
sites or, um, mm. you know, areas that we might want to protect the, the waterways. Uh, it removed all of those rights that we had. Uh, so we challenged it, and we were successful at winning that. Of course, the downside to this is, and something people, uh, First Nations in particular, should keep in mind, is that even though the the uh, court favored Hupachisit, um we still can't protect that land. They they set out to provide us with a what they call accommodation. And accommodation doesn't protect our, our resources or our ancestral lands. And that's the downside to um, to any kind of challenge. And was there the financial competition element to that as uh, well in terms of winning your case? Or you still have to pursue that? Um, there was no financial compensation in that case. They... they actually allocated other areas of our traditional territory um, that were protected. Like we have a sacred site called Thunder Mountain that is now protected for, for time for time eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of them. And another one was a, tr- a tourist uh, industry. So, um, you know, we still have to watch our traditional territory in TFL 44, um, be demised mm. and it's it's really sad to go out there and see what's going on right um so let's take it back to fipa which is uh really a kind of a, the, the preventative side uh, that you're working on and so uh, last year the um federal court ruled against your constitutional challenge and um and so since you've uh launched an appeal um and, and collaborating with lead now in terms of generating funds uh for for the appeal so um, whereabouts are you now with respect to that, the challenge, and um, how's that going? Um, well, the court date is set for June 10th, so next Tuesday. It's a very short period of time away. Um, you know, the our lawyer has prepared gov- uh, arguments that will be presented on that day. It's only a three-hour hearing because it's Court of Appeal, and last year it was a three-day hearing. So the government will present their arguments, and our lawyer will present their arguments, and then the the uh, judge will take away the information and make a decision that might take three or four months. So we might have a decision by the end of August, early September. And, and then from there, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. And then from there, you know, whoever the, the judge um, awards his right will probably challenge, the, the, the other side will probably challenge it in the Supreme Court of Canada, but it's also up to the Supreme Court of Canada whether they will accept the hearing or not. Mm-hmm. And um, in uh, financing the, the legal costs for, for the appeal, um, you really had to call out to uh, non-Indigenous um, uh, allies, uh, and you had mentioned a cross-section of of groups that you had worked with. Could you speak to some of those um, some of those allies uh, that have provided uh, financial support and solidarity, whether it's uh, unions and teachers and and others? Um, yeah, sure. Off the top of my head, uh, Lead Now has been phenomenal in you know sharing their crowdfunding site with us. And they have quite a large um, 
community member list. Uh, so they they have largely helped us, but we've also had help from uh, First Peoples Worldwide, who has sent out a call. We've had help from Unifor, which is a newly organized union. Um, we've had help from the National Farmers Union, the BC Teachers Federation. Uh, Idle No More has put calls out on their uh, website page. Um, we've had help from Kairos, which is a faith-based group who has uh, really been supportive of Hoopa Chesset. I've had the opportunity to speak to their groups at, in, in different cities across Canada on a couple of occasions regarding FIPA, um, and they've been very supportive. And um, Council Canadians have been fantastic as well. I went on tour with Stuart True last summer in Ontario and uh, Quebec to spread the, the word and sound the alarm of FIPA because, you know, don't forget that this trade deal was negotiated in secret. And if it wasn't for Elizabeth May sounding the alarm, who is another great supporter of Hoopa Chesset and who has done fundraising to help us along the way is the Green Party through Elizabeth May. Um, that, you know, a lot of people across Canada are unaware of the Canada-China FIPA. And because if it's ratified, it will affect every facet of their everyday life. It's important for people to know. So the government wasn't prepared to inform the people uh, what was going on. So we tried to do our part by going on this tour and gathering people in uh, major cities across Ontario um, to tell them what was going on and how FIPA would affect their rights. Unlike NAFTA, you know, there was a big uh, press conference and, you know, all kinds of media going out uh, advising people of the government's intent to sign NAFTA. This it, FIPA is quite contrary to that. Right. So quite a, so, quite a communications uh, issue with, uh, with people for educating them just on uh, the deal as well as uh, what effects it has to them. That's quite a... Quite amazing, uh, quite amazing feat. Uh, we've got time for one more question, um, and sorry, we've got to cut it off because we only have a ha- half okay. an hour show here. But uh, uh, no so, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on going into this appeal? And uh, you know, what advice would you give to other Indigenous communities wanting to, la- you know, launch legal challenges? Uh, you know, just from your experience and uh, on this whole process, uh, you know, what what advice could you give to them? Well, you know, th- there are several. First Nations across Canada that have launched uh, court cases against uh, the government for failure to consult. Um, so, you know, it's it's quite active in Canada. In fact, it's probably the most active that's ever been mm-hmm. um, because of the, you know, the threats of... Um, yeah, and, you know, you have to remember, too, that the environmental regulations were... Uh, really watered down, you know, about a year and a half ago, which was the whole reason why Idle No More started up. Um, so there's really nothing to protect our, our ancestral lands anymore. So there there are quite a number of court cases that have been launched, um, mm-hmm. and, and people, I think, are quite well aware of the Section 35 piece. Mm-hmm. Especially recently. 
with the Talton Nation as well. Um, <clears throat> are you finding support in other nations when it comes to these issues? Um, yes, we, we've got quite a bit of support from other First Nations. Well, of course, you know, we had the, the Chiefs of Ontario mm-hmm. um, who supplied us with an affidavit at the lower court. Um, we had Union of BC Indian Chiefs, which represents a large portion of uh, First Nations in uh, BC. Mm-hmm. We've had the Dene Nation, which is all of the Northwest Territories that have supported us. Fantastic. Um, but, you know, don't forget that we've got a very small uh, volunteer network uh, that's doing the day-to-day work about, of about three people. Yeah. So, sure. you know, um, it's been really slow going. Um, and also AFN has supported us, which represents, you know, First Nations across Canada. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're... Um your court hearing is next Tuesday at, in Vancouver at the federal court. Uh, any um, any specific uh, kind of solidarity or, or how you how everyday people can uh, support you on Tuesday? Well, the court the, the court date came up quite suddenly, so we haven't had time really to organize it very much. But mm-hmm. what we have done is we've uh, invited people to come sit in the courtroom for, with us. Wow! So it's from nine thirty to. 1230 at, uh, at the federal courthouse on Georgia and Granville. Great. Um, and so we're asking people to do that just to show support and to show the the um, judge who will be hearing it that, that we do have, you know, a large support base, which they probably already know. Mm-hmm. Well, thank right. you so much, Brenda. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, Tuesday, June 10th at uh, the Federal Court, uh, 701 West Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had uh, Brenda Sayers from the Hupachasat Nation uh, joining us on the call regarding FIPA and the, uh, the trade deal. So uh, good luck on uh, the 10th, and uh, we'll be tracking the story and get you on air uh, definitely in the future. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much for having me yeah. on to spread this important word. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That pretty much uh, wraps it up uh, for the show. Just um, a couple of uh, amazing things that are happening here at uh, NCRC. Red Jam Slam Mm -hmm. uh, is happening here Friday. And, uh, yeah, maybe you could explain a little bit of what's going on. Yeah, sure. The Red Jam Slam is put together... uh, January Rogers done a, did a ton of work for this, and this is kind of uh, a portion of the NCRC uh, highlighting Indigenous creatives. So the Paint the Town Red is going to be there. They're an amazing local hip-hop group, uh, Standing Nation Drum, who uh, is also... Okay, once again, that was my interview with JPG from CJSF Radio in Vancouver. Uh, you're listening to Coastal Voices with Sasha Olette. Cool, that was January Rogers giving us some details on the powwow coming up next week. And and I wanted to say, for more from Wild uh, Salmon Warrior Radio, you can look to their Facebook and find their page, www.facebook.com forward slash Wild Salmon Warrior Radio. Um, Girls Rock Camp Victoria is coming up July 21st to 26th at Larson Music, where girls 8 to 18 will form a band, learn learn an instrument, and write a song together. To apply, please visit girlsrockvictoria.ca or email info at grcvi.ca.
uh, and space for this is limited, so first come, first serve, and families are encouraged to return completed application forms as soon as possible as this is coming up right away. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the NCRC conference, uh, just a little bit more, and the different workshops that I was able to attend because I gained so much knowledge and understanding from them. And I participated in the Resonating Reconciliation Workshop, wherein we were able to actually speak to three of the documentarians about the work they did for these documentaries and um, and hear uh, kind of where these stories came from. It was a really, really powerful thing. It was a really uh, important thing to go through, being part of uh, producing a Resonating Reconciliation Workshop. It was so important for me to speak to other uh, broadcasters who had done the same and uh, see how it connected us and bridged gaps between our communities. Um, It was a really amazing experience, and I would like to encourage anybody to listen to these stories on the NCRA webpage at uh, www.ncra.com or .ca forward slash resonating. And also, all of the links that I'm uh, saying today, I know I'm saying them a bit quick, but they will be on my Coastal Voices Facebook page, and I can also uh, put them up on my Twitter if that's needed. You can tweet at me at Sashwalette. Also last week was the Red Jam Slam, and I just wanted to thank everybody for making it incredibly successful and well-received. And if you weren't able to attend, we'll be having a special broadcast of the event on Aboriginal Day, which is on June 21st. That's National Aboriginal Day, and we're broadcasting um, the Red Jam Slam from CFUV, and part of that will be January Rogers' poetry and uh, Paint the Town Red, and some spoken word uh, hip-hop as well, uh, and and drumming. It was such an amazing event, and it all really came together to uh, put a nice cap on the conference for everyone. So back to regular programming. I'm going to get into some Ghost Keeper um, because that was something that I uh, was able to bring to other broadcasters as a kind of my favorite indigenous contemporary music right now i think they're really interesting and they're really good summer music so without further ado here is some ghost keeper once again that was ghost keeper um this next thing is a little off kilter it's uh a group of kids from Barron's River Nation in Manitoba. Uh, you know that song, Cops, that that girl did, that was super popular and everyone likes? Well, these kids did it, and I think they did it a lot of justice. Um, their entire school is predominantly First Nations kids, and uh, they took it upon themselves to do a rendition of this song. And listening to it earlier, I was just um, uh, awestruck by... Uh, the meaning behind it when they were singing it as opposed to Anna Kendrick, that's her name, as opposed to that, even though I like that song and listened to it a million times in that way, I thought this was really cool and it is kids singing it. So there is that, that aspect of it. Um, usually I don't like children singing, (laughs) but this one was really good. And so I'm going to play that just, um, to give it some more visibility because I think it's such a cool thing they did. And I can't even imagine doing something like that being as young as they were to get that organized and learn everybody at the school like learn the song how fabulous so i'm gonna play that and then we're gonna get into some news so thanks for listening to coastal voices everybody
Once again, that was uh, Barron's River Nation um, Elementary School. Barron's River School was what it was called, and they're from the Frontier School Division in Manitoba. And what a wonderful thing uh, for their school teacher and for them to do. Um, you can find that on my Coastal Voices Facebook page, where if you're not following it, it's www.facebook.com book.com forward slash coastal voices uh, i think we're gonna get into some news and then maybe some more music and then i'm probably out of here but there's lots of news today so that's that's kind of good sometimes it's good um yeah news time Try. In the news today, uh, the RCMP in Regina are looking to help uh, locate a Muskokwiyakwan First Nation teen. Uh, His name is Randall Allen and he's 13 years old and he was last seen June 2nd when he was uh, said to be heading to his friend's house. 
Um, McNabb is 4'7", with brown hair, weighing 70 pounds, and was last seen wearing black and white Nike uh, sweaters, uh, a Nike sweater, and dark blue jeans. He had a blue Adidas hat and white Adidas shoes with black stripes, and it is believed that McNabb could be in Regina or Moose Jaw, and if anybody knows the whereabouts of him, uh, please ask, please call the RCMP at 306-835-5200. Uh, or Crown Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. I'll be posting the links for this on Coastal Voices Facebook page um, for all the issues I'm talking about today. But if you have any any information about this, please uh, go to the Facebook page and get these links. Also, it's available uh, on the CBC page. Uh, In Thunder Bay, Ontario, a full-page newspaper article is taking name at First Nations Treaty Rights. Uh, The ad has been published in the Tuesday Chronicle Journal by a libertarian candidate named Tamara Johnson. It has left some wondering why the paper even agreed to run such an article in the first place. And the ad includes statements like, Crown lands are are public lands, not native lands. And help me stop this doctrine of entitlement. Anishinaabek uh, Nation Communications Director Maurice Switzer says that it's shocking that in this day and age an organization purporting to have uh, some media expertise would allow that sort of content in their pages. Switzer adds that the statements that were made were actually were all factually incorrect and I'll be investigating the story a bit more. It just flew across my desk today and I just wanted to get it out there uh, in weeks to come. In Williams Lake, a renewed agreement between the Silkwat Nation and the provincial government is said to enhance uh, government-to-government relationships and engagement on the land, resource management, and provide greater investor certainty in the caribou. BC is currently providing six... $670,000 $670,000 per year to help the Silkwatan Nation continue the positive work in the original agreement. And uh, these are relationships that are still being built. Um, for events, the Standing Nation Drum is looking for volunteers to help out with the powwow on June 21st. And they need people to help in the kitchen, to serve food, to show people where to park, to help out in the art market and assist elders and drummers. And volunteers for this event are needed all day, but the most important times are noon, dinner, which is at 5 p.m., and at 10 p.m. If interested in contributing, you can contact Rachel Day at uh, R-I-C-H-E-L dot day at live dot C-A or contact the Standing Nation Drum Group Facebook page. Um which is just Standing Nation Drum Group, I believe. And this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., that's June 14th, uh, at Cordova Spit, at Cordova Spit, um, this event is a day of education on seafood. It's a seafood festival. And learning the importance of harvesting these foods so they can be incorporated into our daily diet. This is an everyone welcome event and their suggested price of $20 per plate to help cover the cost of this event. 
and up and coming in the news, which you probably know about already if you've been listening to Coastal Voices, is the Standing Nation Drum Pow Wow. And it's quickly approaching. Uh, the Saturday after this one, it's uh, June 21st from 12 to 10 p.m. at the Songhees Wellness Center. And this is a traditional powwow with non-competitive dancers in a variety of categories. There will also be artists, an artist market, and everyone is welcome. The admission is by donation, and there's absolutely no drugs or alcohol permitted. Um, Camus Books presents the Douglas Treaty, Who Owns This Land? Uh, by the, uh, it's a pres- presentation by Chris Arnett, the author of The Terror of the Coast and Houses Half-Buried in Sand. Uh, it's this Thursday, June 19th. Uh, 2014 at 7 p.m. and that's at Camus Books on 2620 Quadra Street and that's by donation. Uh, that's it for news. Let's get into some uh, music before I'm out of here, okay? Hey everybody, thank you again for listening to Coastal Voices. I am Sasha Ouellette, and today on the show I had JPG, well kind of. Last week I worked with him and I had him today, uh, a recording of that. Um, Up and coming, things to look forward to. Uh, I'm going to the seafood festival this weekend uh, on the Sailout Reserve, and I'm going to eat a ton of seafood, but I'm also going to be recording your voices and talking to people from that nation and, and, and at the festival and see how they feel about the festival, how good the seafood makes them feel, uh, if they enjoy it, if they think it's something that should happen all the time. Uh, that's going to be a really fun just fun thing to do that I'll be playing uh, incrementally on the show next. And then uh, this week I'm speaking again to Erin Consmo, uh, who you may remember from the Native Youth Sexual Health Network, but she is also working with Walking With Our Sisters, which is that amazing organization who are creating all these uh, moccasin vamps and uh, touring them across Canada in honor of our lost and stolen sisters. Um, so we're going to talk focus in on that and, and, and that art project because I'm really interested in what they're doing. Um, moccasin vamps, if you don't know, they're the tops of moccasins and that's what they're using and they're kind of making an installation piece with it. So that's really, really interesting to me and um, such a beautiful, wonderful project and Erin was such a great person to interview. I'm really excited to uh, be building a relationship with her and the Native Youth Sexual Health Network. Also, I will be speaking to someone from the Language Revitalization Project at UVic about uh, their efforts uh, in the community to revitalize our uh, coastal languages and the languages of this territory. And um, we're going to talk a lot about that, and uh, I imagine they'll have a lot more to talk about it than I will, because I'm kind of just new to that uh, that project. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but I'm really excited to find out about it and bring it to you. Um, up next, as usual, as always, it is uh, Straight No Chaser, I believe, they have someone filling in for them today. 
Um, but it's going to be an amazing show as well. And I'm probably going to leave you with uh, some some really great music. So um, count on it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Coastal Voices every week. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to find out more about Coastal Voices, once again, go to my uh, Coastal Voices Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash coastal voices and anything i talked about today i'll be trying to post links about those things so you can read up on those issues yourself and uh especially like missing persons and stuff like that um there are phone numbers there that you can reach them um once again thank you so much i will be here same time same place next week and i'm gonna leave you with um some more ghost keeper because i really like this track this is luella this is from ghost keeper and this is from horse chief war thief thank you everyone for tuning in